Oh, man, I could just listen to that music all day, Jimmy. I don't even know if I want to come in and tell them it's another episode of Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Jimmy and Derek, two guys from Nephi, headfirst into the Sam's Town uh, album right now, about to talk about, for reasons unknown. How are you doing today, Jimmy? I'm great. I'm just on a high from last night's con... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> been traveling the world. I know you've been secretly going to these killer shows and last no one's supposed to know you're there. Atlantic City. Yeah, it was amazing. Going to, uh, where's it tonight, Mohegan Sun? Enough that the people from across the pond can fly over and feel like it's not that, that long of a journey, I guess. I've seen a lot of, like, a lot of the, these people, victims and stuff, are coming over. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm not jealous, but I'm happy for them. Because they've been waiting, they've been waiting to see their boys again. Yeah, it's they're back on tour and it's going back into full swing. Make make some noise for your boys, but yeah, we're uh, we're gonna pick up on for reasons unknown. Um, it might come out of left field for some listeners as far as we've been just kind of doing singles and hitting some of the hits. And uh, uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about doing this, it was a song I wanted to do as well. I think you you proposed it and. I didn't know it had been released as a as a single until we got looking into it. But yeah. uh, there was a music video made. Um, a single was released, and it actually spent some time on the charts. So I thought it was just one of those that became a fan favorite and uh, was in the set list because of that. But actually, it was uh, it was a little more important than than I knew. Yeah, it was, I think it was. We read that it was the fourth single from Sam's Town, and I think last. But yeah, I. I didn't remember the history of, of this one, but obviously, since we've done the podcast, we've interviewed at least four drummers <laughs> who have played the song. So it has a significant place now in their um, in their Hall of Fame worthy cabinet of <laughs> trophy case, I guess. Yeah, it's one that's usually on the set list. Uh, it's kind of a, a break, like we, we've talked about before, where um, if somebody's got a sign. Uh, they're going to let them come up and usually play the drums. They've had uh, a few different, uh, I think they've had keyboardists and uh, they had a bassist, bass guitar player before too, I think. Yeah. But it, it's kind of nice for a little break. Uh gives Ronnie, uh, I guess, a chance to stretch his legs out. I don't know. But the, the thing uh, that was kind of interesting to me is back when we were uh, thinking about where do we go after Pressure Machine and we were trying to do Nephi-related songs and we got into... Uh, Sam's Town and how Sam's Town is a lot more related to uh, Brandon at that age, leaving Nephi and going to uh, Las Vegas, uh, especially if you want to read into lyrics what you want to read into it. It's a lot more of the Brandon we knew than the Brandon uh, now, who's this big rock superstar. It starts off with, I packed my bags and, and you know, whatever. And a lot can be read into it. I don't know necessarily, but if you think to the Brandon story, it's just kind of interesting at this time where he's uh, getting re- ready to go out into the the world he's leaving nephi and the small uh town that's he's going to explore the world and live his life or whatever you want to say uh one of the first things you're going to do is you're, you're going to pack your bags i know he's also been on tours of rockstar at this point and they travel the globe and they've been playing show after show after show but in my mind i kind of like to think it goes back to, to getting ready to leave home and go down moving to vegas he's he's going to pack his bag and and go through some of this this checklist here that we talk about so and then reasons unknown yeah yeah, where we've talked about the quote from Brandon about Samstown being uh, a kind of a chronology of his, a chronological autobiography. And, uh, you know, the first few songs talking about leaving and this one starting with packing his bags. 
And again, something I'd never really thought about this song having anything to do with Brandon leaving. But I guess sometimes when I think through what I'm going to say about a song, I think, what, what, how would someone refute this <laughs> or say, <laughs> this is not about Nephi. And on this song, I think, um, I think the overall theme on the chorus comes across as this is a song about a former love. You know, it's a love song about uh, what's changed over time, you know, kind of like some of the pressure machine songs that talk about how this, this park is gone and the baby's crying on the bed and I'm in, on the car. But when I was thinking about that, that love aspect of it, I thought back to our, our recent interview with more flowers who talked about Las Vegas and the influence it's had on her. She talked about how she has this love affair with Las Vegas and how it's like a man to her. And, you know, it's like treating a city as a person. And, and I thought about, if you think of it in that, in that way, I think, you know, the chorus might sound more like a Vegas thing, but it ties into his whole story about, you know, he left Nephi to go to Vegas because Vegas was this person he wanted or not this place that he wanted to be. And I think there's a little bit in this song about maybe, maybe it wasn't as much as a correct, it didn't end up being, you know, it's, it's any relationship is complicated and included with the city. And so it's interesting to read these with that in mind. Think of it, if this is about Nephi in Vegas, instead of, you know, somebody I used to kiss. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a there's an interesting line in the song um, that's also tattooed and is in all the signs of a lot of people that want to get up, and that's uh, if destiny's kind. And then you know they, they usually put on their their own uh, side lyric there for their sign or whatever. I'll get picked to drum tonight or whatever. But uh, I think that's kind of the uh, killers and Brandon's uh, not motif, but it it's kind of explains destiny was kind to him on his decisions that he made. Uh, if destiny plays a hand in this for reasons unknown, you're going to go out and, you know, start your band, seek your fame and fortune. But uh, the opportunity and, and I'm going away from the song a little bit, but if you just put it in, uh, he went out on a whim, he left home, goes down to Vegas, gets some jobs, decides to start a band and for, for destiny to pick up. And he's destiny's calling me. It's not like we haven't heard him use destiny in, in songs, uh, since then anyways he's used the phrase of destiny's kind people kind of took that as their uh, personal motto or mantra get tattooed on them and that kind of a thing but also uh just leaving home starting this journey and, and putting it up to destiny if you make it or not and, and the fates allowed and uh torn torn the world it turned out pretty good coming off of a, a second album the sophomore albums are usually failures like usually if you're you're gonna make it even if you're a big band your second album it's never as big as your first one that, that launched you and never as good as the ones that come afterwards. They kind of call it the sophomore slump. So I think Samstown's been, uh, as far as the fans went, the, the critics didn't think so, but the fans liked it as much or better than uh, Hot Fuss. And, and even looking back now, it's still everyone's one of their favorite albums. Usually, if you're to do a poll or something, it ranks up there. So, Yeah, like you said, a lot of second albums are the breaking point for for a band that hit a big one on the first album and they just fizzle after that. And this one didn't come off, like you said, with the critics very well, but uh, it's different than Hot Fuss. But, and for some people it's different in a bad way and some people it's different in a good way, but enough people thought it was in a good way that they, they've been able to, to go on. I like it a heck of a lot more than Day and Age, <laughs> but luckily that one didn't stop them either. Yeah, and we've talked in the past about how... The stars aligned for them to hit it big when, you know, there's it's hard to get your name out there. And the, they hit with this 80, you know, this synth sound 
at the perfect time when there was kind of resurgence of resurgence of that. A lot of people talk about the 80s and how the hair bands died when Nirvana and Grunge came out, and it kind of killed uh, the hair hair metal or, or whatever you want to call it. This was kind of the opposite effect. So the Grunge ran its course, and we're kind of getting to the end of the end of the 90s, and uh, they're waiting for something to take over, and the Killers were kind of in a perfect place to have this more retro 80s sounding music, but modern uh, with the the synth, and you have Brandon with his influences uh, from the 80s to connect, you know, uh, with uh, like this New Order or whatever sound you want to say, wherever influences he's got, and it picks up over in England, which works for whatever reason to make you more popular in the States. It all, Destiny did, did play a big part in that, but... A lot of people talk about uh, Nirvana coming out and killing killing that, but not a lot of people talk about when the Killers and, and the Strokes and some of these bands uh, came out in the early 2000s and killed killed grunge. Yeah, you don't have, I guess, Pearl Jam and, and uh, some of those bands are still touring and still around, but definitely not the the big bands they were at the time. I mean, now they, they if you're Pearl Jam, you're not going to have a problem selling out wherever you want to play. But, They're not uh, as influential on... And and New same music, yeah. yeah, and same with like Guns N' Roses, some of the bigger '80s band, but uh, you know, Warrant's not going to fill up an arena anywhere anytime soon, and neither's I don't know Mud Honey. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of random uh, grunge bands that came out at that time. So, anyways, I think that was kind of played a part in it. There was also a video uh, that came out with this that I hadn't really uh, seen or spent much time on. But before I get to that, I do want to touch on. I think we were talking somewhere online. We couldn't confirm this anywhere, but I do want to just mention it because maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Uh, there was uh, some people that were saying that this had to do with Brandon and his grandma having, uh, was it dementia or Alzheimer's? And it was kind of wrote from that perspective. Uh, if you look at the lyrics, I can totally see that. We just haven't been able to find anything yeah. else that can confirm that. So I haven't seen a quote from him saying that. We haven't seen it come out. So... Um, for everybody listening, saying you're missing the point, don't even know what this is about. Maybe it was. My eyes don't recognize you at all. Yeah, that's yeah, and you know, don't kiss the way you used to. Uh, I could totally see that, and that could totally be what it is. We just don't have any other sources, so we're going to take it down the Nephi road because <laughs> that's that's what we do. Uh, the music video was kind of interesting. Uh, it's kind of got that western theme and feel, and I know that's probably more Nevada. But whenever I see Brandon on a horse and I see uh, that trick riding kind of thing that they were doing. I remember the Stampede used to have, uh, they didn't have halftime entertainment, but in between, like before the bull riding, after the saddle bronc riding or whatever, they'd have um, performers come out and do their skits. And sometimes they'd have uh, a monkey riding a dog. <laughs> sometimes they'd have a clown come out and make fun of people in the audience, just try to make a, an honest uh, pay for, for a charity they're working for or whatever. Or they'd have uh, different types of entertainment. The one-armed man hurting buffalo. The one-armed bandit, yeah. yeah. And one of those would be, uh, if you see where they're riding on the horses and kind of it looks like you're dancing on the horse but kind of bouncing and going over. I don't know what that's trick called. Trick riding. Yeah. Trick riding. Uh, it's, it's in this video. It's totally Brandon doing trick riding. It's yeah. totally Brandon. It's not stunt double in there. <laughs> <laughs> but that reminded me of the Stampede, whether or not that's where the inspiration or whatever came from. Uh, I do think that would have been Brandon's earliest exposure to something like this if in fact, he went to the Stampede and saw something like this. Uh, they're out in the Nevada desert, I'm sure, but I, I, it looks like the West Hills to me somewhat, too, <laughs> just to throw that in there. And he has a weird little bowler cap on there that was kind of different, so I don't know. That's all I got out of the video. Yeah, like you said, I had never, I don't remember having ever seen it before, and, and seeing him riding that horse just, you know, there's a lot of horse 
references and killer songs. <laughs> we behind, behind, you know, between Battleborn's album cover and Runaway Horses and all that stuff. So, and we know yeah, there's cowboys in in Las Vegas and in Nevada, but uh, again, Brandon grew up in Henderson in Las Vegas. He really didn't get exposed, I wouldn't think, until he moved up to to Utah, and especially this time around Nephi is where he would have went to school with the cowboys and you know, had whatever interactions he had, but they moved back to Nevada and maybe they're nicer gauchos down that way. I don't know. <laughs> well, in the lyrics, like you mentioned, it starts with, I pack my case with one deep breath and one big step. I move a little bit closer. So when we're thinking of Samstown in terms of moving from Nephi to Vegas and he says, I move with my case, <laughs> it's hard not <laughs> to think that he's talking about moving, moving to Nephi or moving from Nephi. He moves a little bit closer, and um, it's closer to where he wants to be. And when you think in the next, uh, the next line, in terms of Brandon, it's it's kind of weird to read. It doesn't come off as weird when you hear it, but in terms when you think of it in terms of Brandon's fear of flying, they used to have. The next line says, "I caught my stride. I flew and flied." <laughs> when you read "flied," it sounds weird. But I, I can totally see us saying that down in Nephi. <laughs> we flew and flied. Yeah. Um, you know, he just it talks about how once he got to Vegas, he caught his stride and everything took off, you know. And then if destiny's kind, he's gonna make it even bigger. The rest of the rest on his mind could be he doesn't just want to have an album and become famous. He wants to make this his life. He wants to be a Hall of Fame, rock and roll Hall of Fame band, you know. If destiny's kind, then this is going to continue. This is going to become my livelihood, and uh, it's not. We're not just going to be a one-hit wonder, you know. And then, but then he starts talking about how his heart doesn't beat like it used to, his eyes don't see like they used to, his lips don't kiss like they used to, and it could be that, um, you know, becoming famous has changed him, and so you know, Nephi's a long forgotten thing. Even Vegas might be, you know, it might be his home base, but now he's he's a world traveler. So anyway, there's a lot of ways that you could take it. I think, but. You know, just the way that it starts out about him packing his case and moving and trying to hit it big or hitting it bigger. And, you know, that's an easy connection for me to make to Nephi. You might not see it that way, but how it ties into the rest of the things we've talked about on the album for me. Yeah, and then you always come back to for reasons unknown. So ultimately, I'm going to go ahead and say nobody knows because the reasons are, are just that. They're unknown. Yeah, and it says, it was an open chair. We sat down in the open chair. <laughs> just like we talked about, there was an opening that the killers took advantage of. There was an open chair they sat in that, you know, if they would have tried five years earlier, the sound might not have caught on. You know, it might not have picked up in, in England. It might not have, you know, caught on here too. They they got on the radio with multiple singles on Hot Fuss, and the rest is history. But it's here I am 20 years later trying to pick apart these lyrics that a lot of it he was just trying to find words that rhymed. <laughs> a lot of it, you know, it was a blend between some autobiographical and some just phrases that he liked the way they sounded. So, you know, yeah, well, we, we dig deep on here, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's, it's fun as fun for you to hear our perspective as it is for us to, to come up with it. Yeah. One of the things I've heard a lot when uh, talking about why the, the second album is never as good as the first album. Um, I've heard this from different bands and performers is uh, you got your, I think it's a cliche in the music world. You have your whole life to write your first album. So, you know, you can, write it perfectly, get these lines together and, and re-record and drop songs and put new songs in there and you can make this great first album. But then once it hits, 
you only got a matter of years, if that, to come up with the second album. And, you know, record companies are involved and they want it now and they want it produced and they need to get it out. So uh, it could be one of those things where, yeah, you're just trying to put together a song with, with things that rhyme and tell a little bit of a story, kind of like we, we learned with uh, with More Flowers on uh, that episode of how you put together a song is kind of like building a pizza and you put some toppings on and uh, some people like pepperoni, some don't, some like sausage, some like mushrooms. Like you just try and find that pizza that, that the people are going to like and tell that story in a concise version of the story and have it make enough sense that you can go on to the next. So it could be that we put a lot more thought into this than, than Brandon or whoever ever did when they were writing it. And it was just words that rhyme together and sound good. And they're just telling a story about who knows what, or it could be the deepest thing that meant the world to him and, uh, you know, we're interpreting it right or wrong. Who knows? It was that second album trying to put together enough uh, songs to put out that album with people and uh, record companies and producers saying, we need it now, we need it faster, and they're still trying to tour the world and, and do all that. So it's kind of a balancing act. So who knows? Yeah, you got a lot of people giving input on, hey, why don't you, why don't you cut that part? <laughs> or you know, or yeah, well, let's change this lyric so it flows a little bit better with the the theme or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of impact, and especially now, I think uh, they're at a point where they could say, "No, we're going to write it or say it how we want to or do what we want." They're they're a startup uh, kind of overnight band at that point. They're they're catching fire and having success, but I don't know. I don't think they're in the the place where they could say, "No, I'm not going to say flight or flot or whatever." Flight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we you know they're just going to say, "Okay, that sounds good." Uh, let's get it recorded. Let's let's pump it out, and hopefully we have some hits here to keep the. If destiny's kind, we're gonna keep moving. What rhymes with stride? Flied. Yeah, that's Fly, it. That's a word. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think a lot of times we treat this like this is straight out of Brandon's journal, you know, and these were his deepest thoughts. And you know, I think some of there's there's some of that to his writing, but a lot of times there's you know there's a million influences, so it's hard to say, but. We get to interpret it how we want, so yeah, that's what you get. Thanks if you agree with us, that's great. And if you don't, that's that's fine too. Everyone's open to their own interpretation, and that's that's the fun part about music. And here in uh, six weeks, me and Jimmy might want to re-record this episode because <laughs> we'll say, "No, how did we miss that? It was so obvious. It meant whatever." You know, that's all I got for this week, Jimmy. You got anything else to to add? Well, I was just gonna mention that you know, like you said, if you search for lyrics for this song you know it'll come up with like song genius or lyrics genius or song meanings.com you know you'll see or on wikipedia you'll see that it says you know this song is about a lost love or this song is about brandon's grandma's dementia or something and it's like well you know that's fine maybe that's true but here's our here's our alternative take if if it interests you We've got more where that came from. <laughs> exactly. We just uh, we just sharing opinions. We're just a couple guys from Nephi talking killers. So uh, don't take it too seriously, but don't overlook us. That's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>